0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mo Money Podcast. This is season nine of the show. I am so excited to be back. Had a lovely summer break. I hope you have too, and you're excited to get back into the swing of things, get back to learning about personal finance, because I've got one heck of a season for you, and I can't wait to share it with you. So before I dive in to all this good stuff. I want to give you, uh, you know, a little hello, a little update on what I've been up to since, uh, you know, episode two hundred four when I, you know, signed off for this summer. So, uh, as I mentioned, went on a little vacation to Hawaii. That was lovely. Went back home to Vancouver to visit family, became an aunt cause my older sister had her baby, which is so exciting. And, uh, I- I'm just like, so, so in love with my niece and then came back home and, uh, started just grinding it out on some really cool projects. If you've been following me on social media, which I highly recommend that you do. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on everywhere pretty much. Um, but I have been doing a ton of kind of free events in this city. I was able to fulfill a really, you know, one of my dreams since really starting this podcast, I guess, which was to speak in my own solo session at FinCon, which I I mentioned a ton on the show. It's the big personal finance content creator, uh, conference, uh, Based out of the States. Um, and so that was really, really cool. Uh, I'll be sharing, I think the next episode next week, if you want to see what my session was, cause everything's recorded and also every session that occurred at FinCon, you can actually buy a virtual pass, which is very cool. So I'll share more about that next week when I have more information about it. Um, what else I've been up to? Oh yeah. I have been like, been very busy on my YouTube channel. So I've always wanted to make more videos. I personally believe that it is kind of like podcasts. I I, like, you know, four years ago, I'm like, I think podcasting is going to be big and got into that pretty early, which is awesome. I feel like YouTube, when it comes to personal finance content, that will be kind of the next space that people will start kind of gravitating towards. I mean, I honestly have been like just binging YouTube. I learned how to do contour. I've been like watching every different type of YouTube channel out there just to kind of learn more. And also I'm obsessed and now I'm just always watching YouTube. So uh, check out my YouTube YouTube channel, Jessica Morehouse.com slash YouTube will take you right there. Subscribe. I am putting out a ton of videos weekly on pretty much every kind of topic I think you would be interested in learning about. So they're kind of like bite sized They're, you know, 10 minutes and go into a specific topic, like what our credit score is all about and all that kind of stuff. So a little bit more informational um, than say this podcast where it's very long form interview with a expert or a special guest. So make sure to check out my YouTube channel because I'm uh, trying really hard to just make that happen because and it's also a freaking a lot of fun. Also, finally, I have a reason for having this damn film degree. Am I right? Okay. So that's uh, kind of a quick little what I've been up to these past few months. Um, I'm so excited to be back. Also, very cool announcement, and I'm like almost shocked that this is like something I can share publicly now. I finally took some time to tally all of the downloads of this show since inception back in June 2015. And I have not only hit the 1 million uh, downloads mark, I'm above that. 1.1 million downloads thanks to you, my favorite, amazing friend, listener of the podcast. So I just want to say thank you so much for supporting me and this show. Without your support, well, I wouldn't be doing it and I probably wouldn't be getting as many amazing guests as I have been and will be able to share in the uh, coming episodes. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Now for this episode, kicking off the season, I know you're going to love it because, well, number one, uh, it was the first video, uh, or video. oh my gosh, YouTube's on the brain clearly up. Uh, First podcast episode I've done in a while where I actually had the guest come over to my house in studio, really just my living room. And we got to chat because he's based out of Toronto. He's a friend of mine. His name is Matthew Cywek. And he, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name uh, the right way. Should have asked him. Sorry, Matthew. Um, And I had him come over. I've known him for years. He is a financial coach, but actually he uh, now, I feel like I'm allowed to say, I think I'm allowed to say this, that he is basically, he's a certified financial planner. There's still, there's a a bunch of minutia that goes into that, which we go into in this episode, but he's a uh, CFP financial planner. He works with clients one-on-one and we've been talking for a while. We should do an episode together to really go in depth about all the different kind of financial designations in Canada. And also if you are, Looking to work with a financial professional, what to look out for. Because, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe how many emails or tweets or messages I get from people asking me, hey, um, who should I work with if I want to get help? There's so many different people calling themselves money coaches or financial planners or financial advisors. It's very confusing. They all mean different things. And uh, personally, for me, I don't, you know, if you can't work with me, because also, like right now, I have a wait list. So I'm, you know, I always like to refer out to people that I know are, you know, respected and credible. But there's a lot of, there's just it's it's very complicated to find someone good that you can trust, because there's a lot of people that uh, you shouldn't work with and you should not trust. So that is kind of the the theme, the topic for this episode. So I think you're going to get a ton out of it. Um, so before I get to this wonderful interview to kick off season nine of the Money podcast, I just want to say a few words about this episode's sponsor. This episode of the Money podcast is supported by The Great Courses Plus. I think we can all agree that the best investment we can all make is in ourselves. If we want to grow, improve, and reach whatever goals we set ourselves, we need to learn new skills, and we need to continue our education on our own time. I know for a fact that if I didn't push myself to keep learning after university, I definitely wouldn't be where I'm at right now in my life and in my career. If you're ready to take action, the Great Courses Plus is a convenient and affordable way to do it. The Great Courses Plus gives you unlimited access to in-depth, reliable information across thousands of topics, such as understanding investments, improving your photography skills, exploring the cosmos, and so much more. Not only that, these courses are all presented by renowned and respected experts. I'm talking instructors with PhDs here, people who are not only knowledgeable, but also skilled at communicating big ideas. Plus, you can watch or listen entirely on your own schedule from anywhere. One of my recent favorite courses is called The Art of Negotiating the Best Deal, which goes into effective techniques and strategies to negotiate personally and professionally. If you want to check out what The Great Courses Plus has to offer, well, right now they are offering all Mo Money podcast listeners a free month of unlimited access to their entire library. Just visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash Mo Money to get access. Once again, that's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash Mo Money to get one free month. Welcome, Matthew. To the Mo Money podcast. So excited to have you in studio.
1: <laughs> Thank you for having me, Jessica.
0: Um, we've been talking for well, we've known each other for a while, um, but I feel like every time we do chat, you know, just hanging out, it's really about kind of one topic that we always like to talk about, which is designations in Canada. Yes. And I've never done an episode on this, and I get a lot of questions from either people, you know, reaching out to me, being like, I think I want to become a money coach or a financial planner. Uh, what are the routes to take, or just people asking, I want to work with someone, but what How how do I know if they're legitimate or they're, you know, they are, they do actually have credentials. Like, what do I look for? I think there's a lot of confusion about different types of designations. A lot of people give themselves their own titles. Um, And also then there's like Canada versus the U.S. because we have very different rules. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm having you on the show. So we can get into the nitty gritty. So people after this episode will know exactly what they should look out for um, in terms of if they want to pursue a designation or if they want to hire someone.
1: Perfect. Sounds good.
0: And so, let's first start off with a little bit of your background, because you've been in the financial space for a while.
1: Yeah, it's been too long. Too long. (laughs) Too (laughs) long. Yeah, so it's been over 15 years where I've been in the financial industry.
0: Wow. Yeah, Yeah, that's double what I've been. Like, I'd say, (laughs) yeah, it's a while. So, what what brought you into this sphere? Do you always like... Finance.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I always was interested in economics and stuff like Mm. that in high school. And then I just kind of stumbled into the banking world. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was in high school, you know, becoming a teller seemed like a pretty cool idea. I know, actually. And everyone else was like doing retail and stuff like that. So, someone essentially, you know, gave me an opportunity and I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. Mm -hmm. And then I've kind of just been, you know, ruling in that that industry for a while. And uh, just been kind of finding my niche over the years.
0: So, you worked for a bank for a few years. Yeah. And then you decided to leave that and do your own thing.
1: Yeah. So I actually worked for a few different banks. Okay. And um, yeah, I was there. I worked in the actual, the commercial, or I guess the, like the retail mm-hmm. banking sector mm-hmm. for, for probably about 10 years in total. Oh, that's, a, yeah, that's yeah. A few years, for
0: like a decade. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It just flies by though, I can yeah. tell you that. And um, yeah, so I started as a teller and then I worked as a senior financial representative, mm-hmm. um, which is essentially like a retail advisor. Yeah. And um, I left that I left that industry because I was unhappy with the sales practices Mm -hmm. um, that were being implemented. I mean... I'm sure a lot of the listeners have have read about or heard about stories, or unfortunately yep. even dealt with it themselves. Yep. But uh, you know, over time, I just wasn't you know happy doing that, so I decided to you know kind of go on my own and offer unbiased guidance. Mm-hmm.
0: So basically, you were tired of having to push certain products when you're like, I actually just want to yeah. advise.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. That is the
0: whole problem with yeah. the banks.
1: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> which makes sense, <laughs> and
0: that is why me and a bunch of other uh, you know personal finance uh, voices out there. Are very much like if you want to get advice or if you want to get help, you should find someone who's fee only who is not affiliated with a financial institution. If you want that unbiased information, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you decide to make the leap to work for yourself as a financial planner. What were the steps? Because I know this is how we're going to kind of talk about designations. Mm -hmm. Did you know? okay, I guess that means I'm, I'm going to pursue the CFP or did you consider other designations?
1: Yeah, so it was a very big, um, I, I had quite a few different uh, routes that I, mm-hmm. that I was contemplating taking.
0: Okay, what were those routes? You're um, thinking so, about? I mean,
1: one of them was taking a master's in finance or economics. Oh, yeah. And also I was thinking about doing CFA Right. The uh, also,
0: Chartered Financial Analyst? Yeah, exactly. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and CFP. So I was, I was at a point where I wasn't really too sure which road I wanted to take. Mm-hmm. And, you know, over time, I, you know, kind of decided which one was most applicable to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess we'll talk more about that later. But one of the most important things that, you know, must be considered before going upon one of these routes is, you know, what benefits you yeah in in the best way possible yeah yeah, yeah.
0: now just talking a little bit more about we mentioned cfa and cfp cfp just we're going to mention that a while it means certified financial planner Mm -hmm. um why were you looking at the cfa and what exactly is that
1: yeah so certified financial analyst um it's i mean it's uh, I would say a bit of mm-hmm. it's a more rigorous course, right? Um, but yeah, here it's really tough. Yeah, actually. <laughs> that, yeah, it's. I would say it's probably one of the hardest of all the qualifications. Yeah, not the hardest. Yeah, uh, and that is more for I would say more for back end mm-hmm. type of like um, like analyst work. Right. So if you want to become like someone that you know manages a you know some sort of a portfolio yeah. or something, that would be a step to get. To Mm -hmm. that route, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well, you know, certified financial planner would be more. I would say more face-to-face contact and dealing with individuals directly.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so we know that you decided CFP was the right route for Mm -hmm. you. Um, So much has changed in the past like year or two. It's (laughs) honestly hard for me to even kind of keep up. So what were the steps when you decide this is the route I want to take what were the steps in order to get that designation because there's so many different routes and it's yeah. not it's it's very confusing in my opinion
1: yeah it's very confusing and you'll find with all the qualifications um, the pathways can be a little bit convoluted yeah and it's you know it takes a lot of time and effort just to understand you know the various different paths that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but for myself, mm-hmm. particularly, I actually started taking the first course uh, about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I actually started it when I was still in school. Mm-hmm. And that was the the uh, Canadian Securities course. Yep. And that's kind of, you know, deemed to be like an entry level financial course, um, obviously very complicated, but it's usually the first step that's taken. So uh, that's actually the first course that also needs to be taken for, for many of the C, uh, CFP paths. Yeah and um, after that you had to take a couple other courses mm-hmm. so there were two other ones that you needed to take um, all of those courses would have exams as well yeah. attached to them and then once you're done those courses you're then eligible to take the the first level exam mm-hmm. uh, which is the FPSC mm-hmm. level one mm-hmm. uh, qualification And that exam is a a four-hour intensive exam. Yeah, it was pretty gross. And most people that I spoke to after the exam actually didn't even finish it.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) How many questions?
1: uh, I think it was 100. Yeah, Yeah, but just
0: probably not just um, multiple choice kind of thing.
1: Uh, Those ones were all multiple choice. Oh, they were? Yeah, but it's the kind of thing where like, you know, it's not like where there are obvious. Right. Yeah, it's basically picking the one that's the best answer. Oh, I hate that. It was bad, yeah. Yeah. It's like when I left it, I felt like I had like left a whirlwind
0: and you're like i don't know what happened
1: (laughs) yeah you're like there's there's a world outside of here
0: (laughs) yeah four-hour exam i yeah that's been a while since i've done anything like that (laughs) so it sounds like you studied hard and you passed yeah
1: yeah i passed that one Yeah. yeah
0: um and so, so that's not, you, you finish all of that. How long did that take you actually to get to that level?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, once I decided that I wanted to take that pathway, uh, it was two mm. years to get to that, that wow. exam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course I had, I had done the, the CSC course beforehand. Yeah. So that like that path would have probably been three years for, for oh someone that hadn't gosh. taken it. Yeah. Wow. And that's just the first level.
0: That's just the first level. Yeah. And so level two, what did that look like?
1: Oh. Yeah <laughs> Harder. So, yeah so uh, what you then had to do after you passed the exam is you had to do a capstone course mm-hmm. and a capstone course is actually uh, it's, it's a written uh, response. yeah essentially you're given case studies that you have to res- like write full case study responses to. Mm-hmm. So there are multiple different ones that you need to do. Um, and it essentially climaxes and you have to write like a 40-page financial plan for for a case. Oh,
0: 40 pages? Yeah. What the hell yeah. is going on in that financial plan? That sounds <laughs> really, that's a novel, a yeah. novella.
1: Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Wow. So, yes, yeah, so that was definitely time consuming. And you had to you know include all the math and stuff like yeah. that in the appendix. So yeah, so that was, that was fun. And, um, as we were talking about before, Mm. right after I finished or just before I finished it, I, I found out they actually the CFP path changed.
0: Yeah. So
1: yeah, so now it's actually different for everyone that wants to take it. So like
0: starting in 2020, totally no rules, new rules rather. Um, yeah, so that's super fun, which is why I have not pursued any of it because I'm like, I always kind of just like once in a while look into it. There's because there's a couple different like routes you can take in order to get to the level one, and then and then level two, and then then I read that the, all the change the rules were changing in 2020. I'm like, then I'm not gonna bother to look at this until 2020, so I can firmly understand what the hell these rules are. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's just really yeah, not hard. So I know one of the changes they're also making too is i think as of 2020 you need to have a bachelor's degree in order to pursue this so i think a lot of people have some feelings about that (laughs) that i've been seeing online they're like well that's not fair and all this stuff and it's true my film degree has nothing to do with me becoming a good (laughs) financial planner but i i don't know why do you think that they're changing that why do you think they made that rule
1: yeah i mean it's it's really hard to say yeah I, I mean, it could have been out of complaints, right? Or maybe there is—they're concerned with maybe the the pass rate for the exam. Oh, so yeah. that may be something to help filter people out. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they the. Um you know, don't yeah. struggle further on. You know, yeah. you don't waste a year or two until you realize that it's not the right thing for you. Um, but it could also just be, you know, protectionism, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know that, you know, in our industry, you know, um, they're very protective of titles. Yeah. So yeah. That, that could be something as well to, you know, to kind of, you know, prevent the inflow of individuals that have yeah. qualification. No,
0: that's true. And that's, that's one thing about the CFP, which is why I've always kind of flirted with the idea of pursuing it, is because it is the most kind of world renowned designation in terms of like financial planning mm-hmm. like you know in the US they have that designation it is kind of worldwide and so when someone has that designation you take them seriously you're like oh okay you must you worked really hard to get that you probably know what you're talking about um and and usually when i like i'm kind of recommending out people depending on what they're looking for i usually like make sure they have like a cfp or at least like the the level 1 designation mm-hmm. or something like that um but there's a couple other designations out there that um, have been around for a little bit. But I think also people don't know a ton of them. So I, I don't want to ask you some questions if you know any of them. So one of them that I feel like has only been around for a few years because they started promoting it, I feel like, in the subway. I'm like, oh, ah, what is that? Is <laughs> the Canadian Securities Institute have this one called Personal Financial Planner. Have yeah. you heard of that
1: one? Yeah, yeah. It's, so, been, it's actually been around for a it's little It's been around longer. for a while. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, it was something that I never really knew about, but then, yeah, it was just a few years then I kind of learned about. It sounds very similar to a CFP, PFP, mm-hmm. but it is not the same. Have you come across it? Was that one of the things that you thought mm, maybe I'll look into getting that myself, or no?
1: I, I did, yeah. So yeah. I, I did look at taking it, and actually the the pathway that I took mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the course, like a lot of them were actually through CSI, yeah, the Canadian yeah. Security Institute. That's like one yeah. of the the major educational bodies where they yeah. provide these courses, mm-hmm. and. A lot of the courses that I took are actually uh, are the same path to get that designation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, I kind of figured that if I'm taking that path, I may as well yeah. go for the CFP. So
0: with the, the PFP and CFP, can you do both? Is there any benefits or drawbacks to doing both? Because I am sometimes one of those people that fantasize of just like collecting a bunch of designations. Because <laughs> so for so many years, people were like, why shouldn't we listen to you? I'm like, because I've got all the designations. But that's just ridiculous but anyways, can you do both <laughs> and should I no probably not
1: yeah I mean tactically you can um, but I prob I wouldn't you know yeah I wouldn't really recommend it because I but, haven't seen many people with both there's y- probably a reason for that yeah and I mean like <laughs> Well, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about it later on, but once you have a certification or designation, yeah. there are certain continuing educational yeah. requirements you have to make. Yeah. So like for my course the the CFP, mm. you have to do 25 hours of continuing education every single year, right? Yeah. And you would have to do continuing education with the the other like with the other designation as well. So that amount of time would be quite a commitment mm. and also t- with all of those qualifications, uh, you typically have to pay annual fees as well. Right, and the benefits that you get out of having, you know, multiple acronyms beside your name, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it may not fully make it valuable enough to do it.
0: That's true. Yeah. That's true. And yeah, even for the designation that I have, uh, accredited financial counselor Canada, there's continuing, you know, continuing mm-hmm. education credits, and then also an annual fee. So yeah, if you kind of keep on getting designations, it can be a Lots of money and also a lot of time, and I'm not sure if very well you could do a bunch of continuing education and be like, Oh, this counts for this designation and mm-hmm. this one. I don't know, they may have some specific rules, be like, No, that's not how it works.
1: Yeah, they may not allow it, it's yeah. very specific. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: So, yeah, for, for the PFP, I will say, in my personal opinion, like when I've done research, I'm like, Oh, because it's I like, did one course through the CSI. It was like financial services advice. It was like the first financial course I took. I don't know why I chose that one. It <laughs> was definitely for like bankers, but it was actually quite interesting. Uh, I'm currently enrolled in the Canadian Securities Institute, and then I'm like, oh, then I just need two other courses and that get this PFP designation. But then as I've been doing research and talking to people, no one really... It knows that one, Mm -hmm. especially when you compare it to a CFP. CFP is way more, I think, has a little bit more weight to it. Mm -hmm. And also, it seems like the only people that really have the PFP are bankers, like people that work for financial institutions. So I'm like, that's something else to kind of think about. It's like, do, you know, a lot of if only planners have a pfp if not then maybe that's something that you should think about mm-hmm. you know it's like you kind of got to consider what are other successful financial planners doing like what exactly, kind of route yeah. do they do yeah. so but i mean you know if you want to do a pfp go go crazy go ahead but uh yeah i don't i don't know too many people with it i'll i'll say that right now
1: yeah the the cfp is usually the the choice that people make
0: yeah yeah, yeah exactly um so i i touched on me having a designation that no one knows about, <laughs> the AFCC. I got some questions like uh like that. For me, it was because I didn't actually have plans to become a financial planner mm-hmm. like full-time and, and have my own firm or anything like that. I think that's awesome. But I'm like, that was never my goal. My goal was always to do something as part of my business, but not my whole business, which mm-hmm. is why I liked the idea of this program, the AFCC. It is way bigger in the states. Um, it's very tiny in Canada, which is why no one's heard of it. But I run into, and you may run into this um, as well. You talk to people, and they're like, "I'm a money coach," and you're like, "Oh, so like, what are your credentials? Or like, where do you go to school?" And mm-hmm. they're like, "No, just like started coaching people about money." What are your feelings about people that have this money coaching business practice? And they don't have that kind of background or education in it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it it does frighten me a little Mm bit um, because, you know, in in my many years of being in the industry, I have come across it several times where people that, you know, they would be in a complete different industry and they're just like, oh, you know, I'm just thinking about doing this. And you're like, okay. okay." Um, But there's so (laughs) many details behind it. Right. So yeah, yeah, that's where it gets really complicated. And, you know, if you start like exploring like tax situations and stuff like that, like an individual that's not formally trained would, would not be able to give you know adequate advice unless they did a lot no. of research on the side. Yeah. But even then it would be really complicated. So it's yeah, it's very challenging and I think for the person that's you know thinking about doing that like it's it's not necessarily bad that you're doing it mm-hmm. um, but it's always important to improve upon your yeah. skills right yeah um, because I mean obviously you're doing it because you have a passion yeah. for it so improving upon those skills by taking courses and then you know further down the line yeah. through like getting like a designation is something that will you know will help build that practice right yeah and there's no reason why your business can't change along that path as well yep. so you know if for someone that's maybe you know that's you know in that situation where they're thinking about doing it and they're not you know mm-hmm. they they don't have you know as um, like a the educational background yet. You know there's certain areas of finance where they can focus on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With like cash flow management, that kind of or stuff, or like
0: accountability. I've seen a lot of yeah. that, which is helpful. Or yeah, it's yeah, it's just one of those things where it's. I had the idea of becoming a money coach before I had credentials, but I actually didn't offer any kind of services like that until I did get some Mm -hmm. because, well, A, I didn't want to give the wrong advice or information even though I had been, you know, self-studying for so many years. And I will say from my personal experience, I am glad I did that. I learned actually a ton from the program I did and it did and also now it's like you know kind of like yourself it's like I've got this designation there's a whole group of other people that have this designation there's um, a conference that we all have to kind of go to because that's how you can kind of get all of your um, continuing education credits in like one weekend which is really great Uh, and also you're part of this community so you can talk to each other about like your clients and just learn from each other and share resources which so I'm like that's invaluable Um, so I'm sure you feel the same way with like now you're in this group of other CFPs that have this designation you can kind of talk about your experiences and share all that but it's just one of those things so if you're listening and you're thinking of like working with someone my personal opinion is make sure you understand their education their credentials their background because I feel like I would never work with a personal trainer for my fitness if they didn't have any like train like mm-hmm. proper training yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> you don't want to mess up your health so why would you trust someone that oh no I'm good with money or I read a lot of books so I can help you too I'm like oh my god <laughs> I I wouldn't want that but just something to to be aware of right so that's something like even on I've got a recommendations page on my website and I have that very clearly like here are some of my you know recommendations these are people I know I've got you know I, I think they're really highly esteemed so I think they're great but just do your own do you need to do your own due diligence yeah. like don't just take someone's word for it make sure you fully understand where they're coming from what they education is what they kind of offer and stuff like that because you know you're gonna be paying this person money to help you you want to make sure that they actually know what they're doing yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah and uh canada is a bit of a weird market for mm-hmm. finance like financial planning and guidance yeah is that there's very low regulation behind the titles that are used there
0: are yeah, you wouldn't so. believe so many some of these like titles i see is like money coach for sure i see that very that's common but some of them i'm like money empowerment <laughs> coach i'm like I'm not a hundred percent. I understand what that means. <laughs> like that's something you made up. <laughs> like I think maybe that's just about you know making you more financially confident or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's just me, and I'm I'm probably just like I think because I did go through a program. Now I'm just like I don't understand the people that didn't go through some sort of education.
1: Yeah, but. and and yeah, and with the titles, people. Well, the government's, um, well, in Ontario Mm -hmm. right now, they actually had to pass a bill Mm -hmm. to protect the titles financial planner and financial advisor. Yeah, because
0: right there was this, um, I feel like in the news a few years ago, this. Um, story that was like there's all these um financial institutions that these people were calling themselves a financial advisor but one was with an o one was with an e yeah. you can trust one and not the other and then I mean to this day I'm like I actually can't remember which one's the <laughs> good one and it's just like yeah. so wait and then also financial pl- advisor is different than the financial planner yeah. and it's it's it is kind of a mess like how could someone keep all this information yeah. straight
1: it yeah. is yeah it is very confusing and that's why designations are so helpful yeah so I mean I guess we'll go down Mm. that route a little bit further Um, but in economics it's it's essentially something called signaling Mm. so the idea with signaling is that you have two parties Mm -hmm. um, and there's you know one party has more information than the other Mm -hmm. so a signaling so in this case a designation indicates to the other party that that person has you know some baseline education or training behind it so it's is very helpful to have that designation because it shows someone that you're dealing with or someone that you want to deal with that, you know, they've at least gone through these steps to, you know, to gain this knowledge and education. Absolutely. Exactly.
0: Okay. So, so you were able to finish level one and you just, you finished level two recently.
1: Yeah. I I just finished the exam. So that one was six hours. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. it, It was quite something. And uh, actually, I think the hardest part was the very uncomfortable chair that I was sitting in. (laughs) Isn't
0: that the worst? Oh, you're like, or if you have to like go pee and you're like, (laughs) but then I'll have less time for the exam.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no sympathy for bathrooms. Oh
0: no. Oh gosh. So what was your experience like? And are you, so now you're done. How does that feel?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it feels great to be done. Yeah, It actually took over two months to get the results back. What? Yeah. It was crazy. So, there's a point where like, you know, you kind of like flip-flop back and forth. You're like, what if I
0: failed? (laughs)
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah. Because the final exam is uh, only part of it is multiple choice. Okay. And the majority of it is actually writing responses. Oh. So, what I found doing like practice exams is that you could type in anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if it doesn't meet their specific guidelines, like it you know, it's not accepted. And, um, you know, when you're doing multiple choice, I felt like it's easier to know if you did yeah. You know, good or bad. Yep. But when you're doing written answer, you're like, meh. <laughs>
0: it could be anything. Yeah. I hate those. I, I much prefer multiple choice yeah. or a true false situation with the one like, please just write this like paragraph. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I, I can write about anything and that's good or bad. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh gosh. That's terrible. <laughs>
1: so, yeah. So it was, it was nice to be done. I was definitely happy the day that I received that email.
0: Good, 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 yeah. good. Um, I know before I hit record, we were looking at how many people in Canada have the CFP designation and it's surprisingly not a lot because I think it is so rigorous so I think a lot of people kind of fall off so it's again it is kind of something to be said when you have that designation it's like oh well it's not an easy one to just get no it's not no yeah. and it took you in total how long from start to finish to get it
1: so i mean excluding the mm-hmm. you know the the, the CSC course yeah yeah, yeah yeah probably about i would say about Two to three years yeah, yeah It's a
0: long time It is a long time How did yeah. you find And you're also obviously Working at the time yeah. To make a living How yeah. did you find the time To actually squeeze into study
1: Oh it was so complicated Yeah So yeah. what I did What I learned after Doing the first examined um, A good mm-hmm. piece of advice Probably for everyone Is mm-hmm. is actually condense All your notes Right So what I did was I, I went through all the old notes And I turned everything Into to point form so it mm-hmm. saved me a lot of time in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think my point form notes turned out to be like 200 pages or something. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> <know> to- <laughs> so you can write a book yeah. on how to do the CFP. E- exactly, <laughs> yeah. And that's
1: just point form. Oh my God. So yeah, and I mean, it's it's helpful for the future too. So even like when you're done the program, having yeah. those notes, like you could just do like a word yep. find and you'd be like, you know, what qualifications do you need for this? Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's it was, I, I would definitely recommend that because for mm-hmm. the CFP, there there is no official textbook for the final oh, really? Course. Yeah, so it's just, based on like whatever you have
0: what yeah that's crazy yeah yeah
1: it's pretty pretty wild
0: oh i did not know that that's interesting yeah
1: there's a whole industry behind the scenes that essentially you know provide that course right um i didn't take it myself because i didn't want to pay more than the actual course right. itself
0: right mm-hmm. but
1: uh you know for someone that you know may not feel comfortable doing self-study like yeah. I, i'm yeah. fortunately able to do i um, taking one of those courses is a, is a good idea
0: yeah for yeah. sure no i actually had a friend not for the cfp but for she I mean, she's a genius because she did the CFP in like record time. Like, mm. it's crazy. She's based out of the state, so it is a bit different. But um, she was also then pursuing the CFA because she's a genius. Okay. And <laughs> she, yeah, like she's like, it's so arduous. I think she also wanted to get that done within a year and she was able to do it because she's so smart. And, but she did, because um, I think it is like a lot of self study, but then she also did this other specific training intensive in New York or whatever mm-hmm. to help her pass or whatever okay. and um yeah she said it was actually like so worth it yeah. but yeah it, d- it depends it's that's the tricky thing with a lots of these things there's a lot of st- self-study I know mm-hmm. like for the CP like to, depending there's like there's courses where you can take in class like through a college or something like that and then some not like for what i did for the afcc it was all self-study so they just mail you textbooks it's old school (laughs) they give you notebooks and textbooks nothing's online which i actually really liked it kind of brought me back to like my university days but it was all self-study and uh all they're like you have three years So make sure you get it done within three years. Otherwise, you have to like pay again and start from scratch. And uh, yeah, it was actually very difficult to give myself these deadlines and restrictions. And sometimes what I would do was you have to book your exam yourself. And uh, and even though I did it actually like you can do the exam like in a college with a proctor and all that or you could actually do it in your home and your computer but you use you still have a proctor with this there's a company called Proctor U, so there's someone looking at you doing the exam online for like two hours or whatever it's so weird <laughs> um, and sometimes I would get in trouble like um excuse me stop touching your pen or like or like sometimes I just like bitch it a lot or I would talk to myself they're like no talking and I'm like I'm in my house <laughs> no talking um, but sometimes what I do is I book my exam before I was ready for it to give me mm-hmm. some motivation be like you better get Start studying because your exam is in a month, and then I just cram. But I'm probably the worst um, person when it comes to exams. Like I'm that person that writes the essay the night before or crams the night before. <laughs> so somehow I pass. Somehow I pass. Um, yeah. So that's so that's awesome that you were able to get that. What are your plans now? Now that you and, and you so it's not even done though. Like there's this the, the thing is it's not just about passing the exam. It's also about getting those hours in you want to talk about that the experience that you have to have too
1: yeah so it's not even hours it's actually years Years. sorry it's a year so how do
0: they calculate y- yeah it, oh for me and like it makes almost more sense to get the hours because then mm-hmm. you're like this is how many clients i've worked with in how many hours years you're, you're just like waiting you're just ticking and you're waiting for that time to go by
1: yeah so it's supposed to be years of full-time hours oh full-time yeah. so you
0: do so you do technically have to do like 40 hours a week for like three years
1: yeah they say 37.5 but i mean that's right, like right. you know break
0: <laughs> damn that's a lot
1: it is yeah so i mean i'm i'm fortunate in that sense where i've you know i have been working yeah, in the field yeah, so, yeah. Long, so it's not an issue um but yeah no i'm stuck with the whole like bureaucracy right now because i've just been overwhelmed with projects and stuff like that yeah. right now so i have to fill in a whole bunch of like um forms that i have to get signed by prospective clients yeah so not prospective clients but existing clients mm-hmm. and stuff like that and i'm kind of in the process of doing that right now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then once that's done then i then need to submit it to Mm -hmm. the board and then they give me the final approval yeah yeah
0: talking to you does not make me want to do the cfp anymore i'll (laughs) tell you that right because i'm like all that does not really jive with my path (laughs) i just wanted the the credentials maybe in the future who knows what my life will be but yeah it just sounds like so much work yeah but worth it
1: yeah that's that's exactly it so i mean i guess it depends on what your goals are but what i can say is that going through the process i have learned a lot of information yeah you know i had you know when i started this course i'd been in the financial industry for over 10 years right um but Going through these, you know, two, three years of intense education, like Mm -hmm. I feel like I learned so much more and more details. I know
0: this is like a big question, but what were some of those things you're like, I didn't know this before taking Mm -hmm. this path?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I found that before I was giving more general advice. Right. Well, now I could give more specific Mm -hmm. advice where you could be like, this is, you know, how much money you need for retirement. Like, right. you could determine that. So before you'd be like, oh, you know, like RSPs, like, you know, pensions, this yep. is how they work. This mm-hmm, is how, mm-hmm. you know, how it gets processed. Like you would give more general advice, but yeah. now you could give more concrete answers. Yeah. And also just like other random pieces of advice that you'll just be like in the meeting and like, it's funny because like actually when I meet with people, mm-hmm. it's just like I have all these like little like ideas that just keep on flicking. Yeah. Like, yeah. this would be good for them. That would be good yeah. for them. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. So you always get like, you, you know, other little ways to help, you you know help their situation
0: yeah. yeah no that's key that is yeah. key now I guess yeah. The other kind of question is when you are working with clients, like what kind of what can you help them with as a CFP? Pretty much everything.
1: Yeah, pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah. The whole you know any kind of like personal financing, like personal finance planning. Yeah. Step. Besides yeah.
0: selling, you cannot sell them products, and you can't manage their portfolios of investments.
1: Yeah, so you have to be licensed to yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is different. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's it's also important just to talk about that too because I know that confuses a lot of people. Yeah, lots yeah. of people,
0: and even me in the past have been confused by this when you work with a fee only planner cfp um or someone with another credential like no one can manage your investment or like unless they have that specific license like you mentioned and also you may not actually want them to in my opinion there's so many great routes to invest now you may not need someone to do that for you exactly yeah um because a lot of the time those people that can do that I feel like they're still somehow connected to a financial institution or investment firm. So yeah. they have their kind of, you know, ideas and uh, biases. So...
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they they absolutely do. Um, you know, not discounting no. the recommendations. No, yeah. But yeah, they definitely do have like specific sets of products that they can offer. Yeah. You know, maybe like internal, you know, reports and stuff mm-hmm. like that kind of direct them towards certain areas. So that's that yeah. definitely is happening, yeah. yeah. And I mean, we're fortunate enough to, you know, have... You know, you know, new systems and companies and stuff that are offering like robo, like robo advising portfolios and like you know self-directed trading accounts that are you know basically free. Yeah, exactly. Like we're we're at a moment where it's it's never been easier to invest on your own. Exactly. So if someone you know is willing to to take the time and effort to to go down that path. You know, there's Mm -hmm. there's really no reason not to.
0: Yeah, and I know what lots of fee-only planners do is they're like, I cannot advise you on your investments, but what I can do is do an audit of what you're currently doing and Mm -hmm. answer any questions and kind of help you know what you're doing. Which Mm -hmm. sounds like sometimes that's all you want. You're like, I just need someone to tell me if this is what I should be doing, (laughs) but not like tell me specifically what products to buy. Yeah, is that kind of what you could be doing? Or yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah, 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 totally, yeah, okay, yeah. Very often people are stuck in high fee
0: mutual funds yeah Yeah. no we can say it (laughs) we can say it okay yeah we don't have I I don't work with high fee mutual fund companies that is one of the things I'm like (laughs) I get offered all the time like can't do it you know my I'm all about robo-advisors and DIY investing can't do it I can't
1: (laughs) yeah and you have to be careful of mutual fund portfolio funds yeah yeah which are essentially mutual funds and mutual funds that's just with higher fees gross yeah yeah
0: Yeah. no ever I feel like especially if you've been listening to the podcast for a while you know you know what's up don't do it (laughs) don't buy these high fee mutual (laughs) funds they're not good man no. um so what are your kind of next steps now
1: yeah so i mean once i get this you know get these educational yeah. or not educational but the you know the proof of employment then i'm gonna have the designation and yeah. uh I, I'm gonna take a big long look at where I want to yeah. be um, come come mid October when all this is done. Yeah, uh, I have some big presentations coming up at Ooh. like the through the library system. That's been, awesome. Yeah, I love I love the library system. Yes. They're great. Yeah. Um. If anyone's not using it, please do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. many
0: like so many great free resources. Oh,
1: it's so incredible, and yeah. for finance too. Like they actually some. Like it's it's you know, it's all based on which municipality you're mm-hmm. you're listening from, but you know, they offer free streaming services. Yep. I know with the Toronto Public Library system, they have uh template wills that you could actually yep. get for free. Yep. And powers of attorney. Like it's just yep. it's it's incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But right now, because you are trying to get that those years of experience, you are taking on clients.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm also just doing like you know guiding individuals Mm -hmm. out, and Mm
0: -hmm. I'm also
1: doing you know a side project podcast. When I yeah, (laughs) yeah,
0: Yeah, tell me a little (laughs) bit about where people can find you if they want to chat with you more about um, your financial planning services and also your podcast.
1: Yeah, so I mean, uh, I guess you could find me from my website. Mm So Mm www.ffcoach.ca. That would be the one place, and you know my email, phone number, all that stuff's there. Awesome. Um, Podcast is I guess available in all resources. Mm-hmm. You could probably better comment on that. Yeah. Than
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will link it in the show notes. Don't but, you worry.
1: And it's called Simple Money Podcast. Awesome. Yeah, The idea is that I try to, uh, to try to keep the episodes as short as possible. Mm-hmm. So that's the the way that I the, the way that I do it. Yeah, and, like bite sized. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping the to start the next series in October. Yeah, um, we'll be looking at um, you know helping individuals with disabilities. Wow. You know, focusing on you know tax credits and, and financial steps that you know that are available to them.
0: Awesome.
1: Um, which unfortunately aren't very well publicized.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming over and chatting with me. I think so many people listening will get a lot out of this, and we've definitely like I think debunked some myths Perfect. and. involved some
1: people so well thanks for having me
0: and that was episode 205 with Matthew the friendly financial coach you can check him out at ffcoach.ca once again that's ff coach.ca. If you want to learn more about him, his podcast that he mentioned. And also if you want to work with a CFP who is fee only no bias, and just a generally amazing, awesome person. So I mean, he's my personal recommendation, because I know him and I trust him. And I think he's amazing. And he's really put in the work to become a very smart, incredible financial planner. So uh, just putting that out there. There you go. Um I have a few exciting things to share as always, like I always do at the end of these episodes. So stick around. I just want to f- share a few words about this episode sponsor which you are going to want to listen to the full ad if you skip them because there's a freebie at the end. Okay, just just putting that out there as well. Okay. Okay. This episode of the Money Podcast is supported by The Great Courses Plus. You've heard me say this before. The best time to start investing is today. And the same goes for investing in yourself. If you've always wanted to learn something, gain a new skill, or just get better at something, it's never too late. And today is the day to start doing it. Just take it from me. I started blogging eight years ago to learn digital marketing, and now I run my own online business. And I'm still continuing my education all the time because it's never been easier to learn. That's why I'm really excited to share with you the Great Courses Plus. It's an online library with courses on thousands of topics. You want to learn about the stock market? There's a course for that. You want to learn how to paint with watercolors? There's a course for that. You want to get better at photography, which is something I'm actually trying to work on on my downtime? Well, there's a course called Fundamentals of Photography that will teach you all about camera settings and how to take better photos taught by an award-winning National Geographic photographer. If you want to get started and see what kinds of courses there are, The Great Courses Plus is offering all Mo Money Podcast listeners one free month of unlimited access to their entire library. Just visit the slash momoney to get access. Once again, that's the slash momoney to get one free month. Okay. As I forgot to mention, because I I'm like just getting back into the swing of things. You can check out these show notes for this episode, which is, uh, on my website, jessicamorehouse.com slash 205. Again, you can find show notes for every single episode out there that is published when you just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash whatever the episode number is to find more information, links of things that we talked about, um, all on my website. So make sure to check that out as always, of course, subscribe to, uh, wherever you're listening. Um, It's interesting. So when I calculated actually how many downloads this podcast has gotten, I also had to like basically look at all the different locations or destinations as they're called um, where people listen. So you may be interested to know YouTube 93,000 downloads from YouTube. Interesting. Lots of people like to listen to podcasts on YouTube, possibly yourself right now. SoundCloud got about 36,000. Spotify, 41,000. I feel like Spotify is like not the cool place to listen to podcasts at the minute. I think it will be in the future, but still the main kind of destination where people listen to podcasts, and you know, I'm guilty of this too, is uh, iTunes or the uh, Apple podcast app. Isn't that interesting? So that is how most people listen to podcasts as so, so says my stats. So I thought, thought, thought that was interesting. So make sure to subscribe. So you don't miss a, uh, single episode because really appreciate that. Um, now I am doing a, I've got a bunch of cool things coming up now, first off, I do want to say, if you want to be the first to know of these things or just don't miss it, because sometimes I don't share when I'm doing an event or when I'm launching something on the podcast. Cause guess what? I pre-record these things, right? I have to, I, you know, I'm busy. I have to, batch these things. And so sometimes if I'm doing an event next week, I, you know, I just can't do it. So make sure to go onto my email list, jessicamorehouse.com slash subscribe. Also, when you do that, when you get onto my email list, you can get free access to my entire resource library. And so what that means is I have a ton of, I have a free course. I have a, uh, a bunch of free spreadsheets and worksheets and guides, freebies galore. If you want to make this, you know, last part of 2019, the year that you get your shiza together, then you're going to want to, you know, start by checking out this free resource library because it's free. So what's stopping you, right? Um, I also want to remind you if you're new to the show, I have an investing course. So I get so many messages from people asking, hey, I want to learn more about investing or I want to get started with investing. What do I do? And I'm like, well, I made a course for that because I get those questions all the time. And also there's a lot to know. And when you kind of put it out there, hey, I want help with investing, a lot of people want to just sell you mutual funds or something like that. And that's just not what you're asking for, right? You want to learn how to be a savvy investor. So I have a course called Investing Foundations for Canadians. So this is specific to Canadians. However, a lot of the, co- I have had um, uh, tons of Americans who have taken the course and it is very applicable. The only difference is obviously I will talk about RRSPs, not 401ks. So that's the big difference. But if you want to learn, everything that you kind of need to know in terms of this, like the the crux of it, that the really important things about investing, you'll want to take this course. So many people, there's been so many great you know, reviews and testimonials from past students saying, this changed everything for me. If you want to start uh, investing, if you want to know what the deal is with robo-advisors and how they work, if you want to know what the hell a benchmark means, if you want to know how stocks work and bonds work and what the hell is a GIC and should you invest using a TFSa or an RRSP, what is an RESP, the list goes on and on, I address all of that in this course. So if you want to get started with it, do it. Do it right now. Um, just go to jessicamorehouse.com slash investing foundations. I will include a link in the show notes as well. But uh yeah, if you want to get started with investing, this is this is the course to help you get there. So yeah, that's uh that's right. And so as I mentioned, I have a bunch of events coming up. Uh I'm still firming some of them up I will have one of my millennial money meetups happening in Toronto in November I am just firming up the date on that so you can get excited and I will uh, I, I let people on my email list know about that so make sure to get onto my email list I will be heading to Ottawa actually in November as well for an event at a university however I hope that maybe I can also do one of my meetups that is pending I I may not be able to do it it is pending. Pending, 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 but hopefully I will be able to do that. And maybe I'll even be crazy and do a little meetup in Vancouver when I go back home for the holidays in December. Maybe I will be crazy and do that. Let me know. If you definitely want me to do an event in Ottawa, if you definitely want me to do an event in Vancouver, yeah, let me know. Email me, jessica at jessicamorehouse.com or tweet me or insta DM me. You know, do all do all of the above. I would really appreciate it. All right, that is it for me. I've been rambling for a while. I think I'm just like really excited to talk to you again. You know, I, I mean, I spent a lot of time alone. I'm alone right now, obviously I'm just talking to myself. Um, I mean, I'm talking to you, but you know, you know what I mean? Um, so anyways, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm going to have so many great episodes to share with you coming up. Make sure to subscribe. I will see you back here next Wednesday. Thank you. See ya next week.